Hey guys, it is Jen here, just hopping on to get this episode started off right. I need you to know that I am not the person you will get responding to your door if you call 911. I am definitely not that kind of help. I am good for all sorts of other things. Abby will call me for plumbing issues or sewing something or watching her kids, but I will not see you on the other side of that yellow tape. So I am extra thankful for people who are cut out for that world. And today you guys get the privilege of meeting two pretty awesome medic students. And you will hear a bit about what brought them on that path and how their experience has been so far. But don't get too used to listening to episodes without me. I will be back next time. All right. And we're rolling. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Shifting Our Stories. We are coming to you from the firehouse again tonight and missing Jen again because she is having date night, so we won't hold it against her. I know. Um, I know. I sounded like Jen there for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Channeling my inner Jen since she's not with us. Um, But I am joined by two of my most favorite paramedic students tonight. To talk about all things fun and paramedic student-ish. There we go. Right? Uh, so <laughs> way to put it. Say, <laughs> say hi to Chris and Taylor. What's up? I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so as most of you probably know from listening, or if you don't know, then go back and listen to some other episodes. Shame on you. Catch up on all the rest. Um, Taylor is my partner here at work. And Chris is a good friend of ours who also occasionally works for us, but works for another department across the tracks that is cool too. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, so they are both going through paramedic class um, and they have finished with, what are we looking at? Like two thirds, three quarters, five eighths. I'm really bad at math. I'd say three quarters. Three quarters? Um, Two full-length semesters and then a half semester over the summer. What's the difference in three-quarters and two-thirds? Aren't they, like, the same? (laughs) (laughs) You're pretty. (laughs) Close enough. I mean, it's, like, a sixth, but... Yeah, that's close enough. It's the difference. So you guys are doing um, a full... It's an associate's program, right? Yes. Or bachelor's. We had the option to, to get an associate's out of it. Gotcha. So going through... Um, the community college here in town, right? Yep. And you have, one of you has finished all your clinical shifts. I was subtle. Thank God. (laughs) One of you has a couple more. Um, I'm almost there. And, uh, so one more semester, right? Yeah, I think, uh, one more Book work semester, and then I think maybe a summer semester to finish up. The our summer runtime. semester, I think, is the capstone project, which I'm sure they'll explain when we get closer to. So much fun when you don't know what anything is, and it's a big surprise, right? Yeah. Because what it's, do we all love about? I, I'm gonna be totally honest. That's how I live all of my life. So. <laughs> it's a surprise. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> and then, and then she's such a planner. She's probably like, I need to know what it is. <laughs> Yeah, some of our classmates have told me, like, dude, I don't I don't even know what I'm doing next week anymore. And I, I'm like, I, dude, I have never known what I'm doing next week. <laughs> so see, paramedic class is fine for you. Yeah, right? It's perfect. So I guess so much to talk about. Um, let's start with, let's start with a little background, I guess. So first, let's You're start with how long have you guys been in EMS as EMTs? Um, I think four or five years as an EMT. Uh, I am one one week short of my one year. You're so Dang. cute. Yeah. Which I've not even my, been that long. My one year here should be sometime next week. Fair enough. Yeah. Sometime you'll get to a point like us where we don't really remember how many years yeah. it's been. And... See, I, I'd kind of like to... <laughs> I, I like to realize what my anniversary dates are um for the guy who doesn't plan anything i feel like that's very no it's a it's a it's a fun thing when you like you look at the calendar and you're like hey i've been on the fire department for one year today oh um fair enough facebook's for (laughs) 
so paramedic class, how did we, how, why, what was the, what made us decide, yes, I'm going to go devote two years of my life to lots of book work and all things medical and not knowing up from down and what day it is. Well, mine's kind of cheesy, but honest to God, the truth, I think just being in EMS and being on a BLS unit, but then being with a paramedic and then going back to being a BLS unit, it's very, very hard to watch your patient and know exactly what needs to be done or have an idea of what needs to be done and not being able to do it, especially breathers. You know, I've had a patient that the fire looked up, fire guy looked over and said, oh, I think you need to intubate them. And I'm like, yeah. Probably, but I can't. So that really sucks, like, to know, okay, yes, you can still do a lot to help someone as an EMT, but it's hard knowing that, okay, this needs to be done, but I can't. Right. I know what we could do, but I'm just not allowed. I get that. Um, Well. Top that, Topher. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you, I'm not going to top that. Um, (laughs) But so the, uh, the cheesy answer... Uh, we found a picture of me when I was probably two or three uh, wearing a t-shirt that says I'm going to be a paramedic. Um, Have no worries, listener. I will get that picture to accompany this podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you here in a minute. Um, <laughs> shout out to Marcy. Right. <laughs> what up, Mars? Yeah, there, there's your shout out, Mom. Um, but so, Jim normally does Marcy's shout out, so I appreciate you. I've always... Uh, like, for... For my entire life, I've kind of been my dad's shadow. Not in my dad's shadow, but I've been his shadow. Um, like, I've always wanted to be like him in some way. Um, and so that kind of started really manifesting itself when I got into the fire service after I left engineering school. Um, and just after I got my EMT, my medic seemed the, the, the natural next step. <laughs> Why um, wait? Just go for it. And I mean, I... It certainly doesn't disinterest me. I'm, I'm very interested. It's fascinating stuff. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's... Here's my real answer anyway. <laughs> it's not to drive Get fast. Get all the chicks. And... Yeah, right. The answer is always to drive fast and go on the other side of the yellow tape. No, we know that. Don't let me fool you. It's solely to make good on that t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and and to, to meet girls, right? Yeah, right. I, well, it's fine. We know that. No, that's that's why I'm getting my flight medic. Yeah, no, that doesn't really nurses? work either. <laughs> Nobody looks good in a flight suit. Oh yikes! Yeah, <laughs> you just don't. It's it doesn't like a matter. Onesie, isn't it? it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's terrible. They're not comfortable, and nobody looks good in a flight suit. I mean, I thought it looked cool. I'm not saying they're not cool. I'm just saying nobody looks good in them. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, no, they're super cool. Okay, so. Anyways, um, so you guys have been going through class together for how long have you been in class now? Uh, right out of year. Yep. That's it? really feels like you guys have been in class a lot longer. Oh, yeah, it yeah, does. It does. <laughs> feels like an eternity. Yeah. Um, and not just class, right? Like, I know Taylor and I have talked about this a lot. Like, I feel like everybody I've ever known who's gone through, um paramedic class has their their thing right that their class had to deal with or their their class went through and and it's i'm telling you you go talk to a thousand paramedics and every one of them will be like oh man my class dealt with this like my class dealt with you know that like yeah mine had i think we had four or five instructors before we were done and we were the (laughs) I, i kid you not and we were the first class that the department put on so when we had questions everybody was like "Mm, let's uh let me go ask somebody well Well, who are you gonna ask like you're the guy doing it like who are you gonna go ask and so nobody ever had an answer well I mean you turned out all right I mean I you know I'm hoping like (laughs) I keep learning and trying you know but but I was like I think everybody has their thing and so you guys have COVID right like which is not a small thing yeah so we I think we joked about it a couple minutes ago, but, like, the biggest thing COVID's doing to us is this uncertainty. Um, It actually happened twice, but there's been probably three or four times where they've said, hey, um, check your email often. 
because you might or might not need to be here next week. Um, hard to say. <laughs> and yeah, hard to say. And uh, if you don't need to be here, we'll let you know what you need to do. Um, and then not knowing when we were going to get to start clinicals. Um, I don't know about you. I still have not heard when we start ride time. Yeah, I'm not 100% on that. I'm not sure. Um, well, and, and on top of COVID, we had all of the protests and riots, which you're all school got shut down. School is yeah, like, for, for one day. I mean, yeah. you're all school is like almost right in the middle of all of that. So, and they shut almost all of downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Like, kept everybody from coming down there. So, yeah, I mean, you guys have had to deal with a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, paramedic school is bad enough, but to like, hey, I don't know if you're coming tonight or not, so just check your email. Like, Yeah. Well, I think it was also frustrating because I understand why we couldn't do clinicals and that, you know, COVID is a very real thing. But it was also frustrating because it's like, okay, but we're already out here. We go to these hospitals every day. We pick up all these patients. We might as well get to be doing clinicals. Right. But, yeah, the, you know. The, I, you, you raise a good point there. That that did add a lot to the frustration. It was, it'd be one thing if it was, uh, hey, you're, you're never exposed to it, so we're not going to expose you through this. But, like, dude, I've. I've taken eight COVID patients in the last three days. Like, but you're doing it on the daily, so yeah, exactly. what like, difference does it make if it, I do I one I promise you, adding two more today, probably not going to make a difference. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, like, I don't, because I know, I know you had talked about just, you want to do them, you want to get it done, and, like, that whole, well, it's on hold, and, nope, now you can go back. Like, that's got to be frustrating, just... I love your motivation. Mine? Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I think just wanting to do the, the hands-on and putting it all together, which wasn't a, a big, huge, oh, everything makes sense now after doing clinicals, but still just felt like we were doing book work and book work and book work. And yeah, that, that's fair. Wanting um, to get in there and keep things going. It's like, it's already hard enough as it is and long enough, and it's like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Yeah. I will say once I kind of got the hang of clinicals and wasn't really nervous about them anymore, um, I started to kind of look forward to them. Um, I've had my last, like, three shifts have all been really enjoyable. Um, done a lot of cool stuff and just really built, really built the confidence in doing the skills here lately, and especially under pressure. <laughs> so, what do you think, since you guys kind of have different backgrounds before going into class, what are your thoughts on going into medic class, having been an EMT for a while, and then having not been an EMT for a while? Um, well, I mean, obviously there's going to be pros and cons to either. Um, I know that's why I asked the question. <laughs> this is where you get to talk um, about it. It's called an interview, Chris. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have minded having more experience before I went into it. But also for me, the decision was, well, everybody talks about how, how hard on the rest of your life paramedic school is. And I thought, you know, there's not going to be a better time. Yeah, no, there's no good time I, to like, do it. it. Right, but there, but, um, I had this conversation with one of my coworkers when I was talking to them about it, and I, I told her, I was like, look, you're right, it's not a good time. You will not have a better time. You're not going to get more energy as you get older. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> like, you're not going to, you're not going to have more free time when you, um start to build a family like I think your dad literally said to me in the very beginning when I first started it if you're gonna get married or get divorced do it before a paramedic class it's <laughs> <laughs> like the one thing I remember yeah. him saying when we first started this um, and like I could not imagine uh, one of our classmates has uh, several children and I cannot imagine what it would be like 
trying to do what I'm doing where I'm working full time and going to school. We we have enough hours. We're considered full time students. Um, clinicals are depending on how you schedule them close to a full time job. Yeah. Um, at least for a short period of time. And then trying to balance a family on top of that, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, and pretty soon you guys are getting ready to start ride time, which will be, I mean, you're going to live on an ambulance. Yeah, I'm very, very thankful that I'm in a committed relationship. I could not date and do pre-med class because, I mean. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it I've, doesn't I've work. I've given up. I've put a hold. <laughs> I mean, poor Kelly, I feel like I neglect her, but she gets it and she supports me. But, it, yeah, I mean, you pretty much neglect everything in your life other than paramedic school. Yeah. Yep. I mean, seriously. I bought a house right before paramedic class started, and my joke going through paramedic class was that I had bought a really nice house for my dog to stay at. Because <laughs> I saw it, like, very, very little. But he had a really nice place to hang out and chill. <laughs> so. So what do you think about starting? Does your past career in EMS help you, or... Does the fact that you've been out doing things on the street change, like, your learning process of? Because I think one of the things that we always, how do I say this? Like, one of the, I think one of the things that um, new people sometimes hear that educators kind of dread that anybody ever says is, oh, well, that's what you learned in class, but here's how we do it on the streets. Right, like I'm sure we all heard that at some point um, when we were new, and as an educator, you're like, oh, please don't tell people that. Like, they need to know that what we're teaching them in class is at least legit, like to some extent, right? Like, because otherwise, they think they just spent all this time in class and it was so completely <laughs> worthless, right? Um, but you've been on the streets for a while. And like you said, you've ridden on an ALS truck, and now you're going through medic class. So is it did that being out on a truck help you, um, or are you seeing things in your in your mind? You're like, that's not what we do. Uh, a little of both. I think it is very helpful because I can read about it, but then also see you doing it or kind of piece together. Um, it helps fill in a lot. I would also say though that it's still pretty nerve-wracking like the other day um, when I was with Phillips we thought that we were gonna get sent on this cardiac arrest and for a split second my stomach drank dropped into my feet and I was like crap like and but I don't know why because I've worked a cardiac arrest without a paramedic several times but it's just that realization like the running joke is Oh God, call for help. Oh wait, we are the help. Like, you know, call yeah. for a medic. Oh God, we're responsible. Yeah. So I think it helps. It definitely pieces things together. You feel like things make sense and just knowing how to talk to people. And I may not always know a hundred percent what you're doing, but at least, well, I do now, but not all the time, but like in a cardiac arrest, mm -hmm. maybe before I didn't understand everything you were doing, but I at least still could tell you all the things you were going to do, you know, maybe not why, but knew how it was supposed to look. So I think that's very helpful. Um, but I'd say it's still just as nerve-wracking thinking about, okay, one day I'm not going to have a paramedic and I'm going to be the one that has to make these decisions. And it's pretty terrifying <laughs> even after <laughs> doing it for a couple of years. So yeah. You get the same when your medic's doing stuff, you start thinking – how it's done in class and yeah. holy crap, that's um, going to be me in six months. So uh, I'm very fortunate to have a partner who um, enjoys what he does. Um, and so one of our things is if something sounds exciting, we'll listen to hospital call-ins. Um, and then God bless him for his patience with me, but I'll, I usually come up with that about a million questions. If don't you think they probably should have done this, and we'll just kind of bounce that stuff off of each other. Um, 
but I also really enjoy how school is starting to get me to think and go down one road um, and then working with my partner seeing he'll he'll start down a different road and not neglect where I was going but I'll realize like yeah that probably was more important yeah um, I think the thing that school can't teach you that you get from the street is just is that experience like you were talking about it earlier today on one of those runs we had was that spidey sense that like you know I, I didn't get the feeling of xyz until I did and I couldn't tell you why I did but I did and then that happened right and like that's one of those things that you don't get without the years and the experience of the doing and that's the stuff that your partner's probably going with, right? Yeah. Like, when you all get a run, you see, oh, it's this. Because that's what I know in my <clears throat> world of experience and what you've done. But in his world of experience, with his extra years, he's probably learned all these other things. Right. And so it's taking all those things and putting them together. Um, so I think that's where when you guys start doing ride time and you start riding with a whole bunch of different paramedics, then you'll start really picking up on how this guy does that and how that guy does this. And I don't know, I think ride time is fun because then you get to kind of see, I always said it was kind of like dating, like, you know, you date people and you might not really figure out why you, like what you really want in a partner, but you figure out what you don't, don't want. want. <laughs> and so, like, you know, you ride with different medics and you're like, ah, I know I don't want to be that guy when I get to be a medic on my own. I like what he does and does, but not that. And I like what she did, but not that. So when I go be a medic, I'm going to do a couple of those things and a couple of those things, and I'll just put this new thing together. So what do you all think about ride time? What's... Taylor's fidgeting and just threw a clip across the room. <laughs> Broke her finger, probably needs a medic. Um, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, though, because what I have learned is that, like you said, there's a thousand ways to do something. And, yes, you have a book that, you know, tells you how it should go, theoretically. But I think no matter what, um, whether you can justify your the things that you did and why you did or didn't do it, no matter what, someone's going to think that you should have done it a different way or judge you. So I'm excited, but I also know, you know, I know what it's like when we have new people. And like you said, you develop that spidey sense and it's, it's very cool. It's very weird to be able to look at your partner and you both know, okay, this is the page we're on. And then you'll look at your new person that's training with you and their head spinning <laughs> and you're like, no dude. Or they're three chapters back. And yeah. It's like, I need you to catch up, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's very easy to turn back into the guy whose head is spinning while the other two are like, yeah, okay. So, but it's okay. I think it's all, it's part of the process and everybody has to be a new person. So, um, I mean, I'll say I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I have off the top of my head, at least six different people that I want to ride with so that I can like it, it's people I've ridden with as their partner but people who I haven't gotten to really observe their medicine or better yet have them observe mine and see their thoughts on it um I, I will also say I'm very nervous about it because the one thing with clinicals um like, yeah, we do assessments and all that, but with clinicals, it's not its not me saying, I'm going to give this person this medication, and here's why, or, or not saying here's why until later. Um, with clinicals, it's, uh, hey, somebody with a lot more education than me says, <laughs> says I should go give this. Um, and I understand why, but also I didn't make that call. Right. Um, and that's, I think that's another thing that 
no amount of classroom can make up for. Um, and that was some advice I got, or one of two pieces of advice I got before my first day doing this job. Uh, it was um, got to be decisive. Um, right or wrong, make a decision. Right or wrong, make a decision. <clears throat> and and I know that I'll make wrong decisions. And I'm not looking forward to that. It'll happen. Um, and I, I know it'll happen. <laughs> but you'll never make the um, mistake again. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll say I'm apprehensively excited. So what was the other piece of advice? Well, I can't tell you that. You can't leave people hanging. I got, I got to save that for... What if I need the advice? The listeners need to know. I, I'll save that for another episode. Then you get to have me back. Well, we've already planned to have you back. Just give the listeners the advice. Come on, man. Abby, I'm trying to think of what it is. Oh. <laughs> fair enough. Fair oh, enough. Guess it wasn't that good of advice, buddy. <laughs> Solid advice. I live it every day. Right? So let me ask this. Um, when you guys go to do ride time and you get in the back of the truck and it's your turn to be the bad pants. <laughs> Take an extra pair of pants. Yeah. It's a little scary. It's fine. It's or you could be like me in your first three shifts, you you make nothing but like I have a headache or I stub my toe and you start thinking, I'll never get out of ride time because I'm never gonna <laughs> That'll make be my look. Yeah. Um I rode in the West End and like night shift and I thought I was never going to get out of ride time because everything was an I stubbed my toe run. I was like, oh, there's I'll de- be a paramedic student forever. <laughs> there's definitely a part of me that wants to do some um, some nights on Dixie Highway. Yeah. For ride time. Just because. Good experience. The, exactly. And. Out on the slant. That's one thing that, like, I, I've grown up around old school paramedics my entire life. Easy. Um. That's a compliment, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Anyway. And it's that old word that keeps coming out. OG. Let's say OG. OG. Sure. Um, but the other we'll, night I was told it was old. Old L apostrophe. Yeah, that, that'll work. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so one of the things that all of these medics had in common was that they used to ride Dixie. Yeah. Um, and so working for the two services that I work for, Dixie Highway is not near either one of them at all. Oh, you'll get there, though. I, I, I will get there. It's wow, a conversation. We just did that. That's a conversation for another time. <laughs> but, um, and I know that Dixie Highway will, if you, if you cut it on Dixie Highway, you'll ultimately end up being at least half decent. Um, and, I'm very happy with the services I work for. I have no reason to go anywhere else. Um, but it's one thing that I wish that I would have gotten to do. I get that. Um, but so I think ride time will provide me with that opportunity. Yeah. The experiences. I mean, it's always good to get experience in different areas. and It's always fun when you read around in the CAD and you're like, wow, that got more Dixie Highway every sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and there's nothing like doing everything that you can do for your patient and looking up and asking your partner where we are and going under the Snyder. And you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. so we're still like 20 minutes from the hospital. Um, I'm out of things to do. Yeah. How about a little more diesel? Drive yeah. faster. Right? And then, then your partner's like, nope, nope, it's governed. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> okay, well, great. Well, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're looking out the window going, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, I know where we are. Okay. It's bad that I also feel that way in our stub toe runs. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> We're still this far away. <laughs> We're not any closer. Yeah. Fair enough. But no, so my question is, when you're when you're learning and you're in that environment, are you more comfortable or you do you learn better if someone's back there like really watching you and helping you? Or do you prefer the I'ma sit here and type on the tablet while you do your paramedic thing? What's what is if you could ideally have your first day as a paramedic student, what would that how would that go? Um, 
Kind of a mixed bag on that one. I think it would depend on my relationship with that preceptor and um, a conversation that I plan on having with all of my preceptors. Like, for, do you want to see them do a run to see how it goes? Do you how, or how they do things? My, do you? There are times where I'd rather see what they do. Um, it, like in maybe in certain areas that I'm not as confident in. Um, and then there are other times where I really want to, I got this, like just, I got this. Um, and then there's other times where, say you have like an ultra critical run, um, where I want to kind of say, okay, I know you're precepting me, but your chances are you're better at this than I am. We're we are teammates right now. We're we're both working. Um, so I ideally. So day two and your patient needs to be innovated. I absolutely want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think we were recording earlier, but I made a joke about uh, man, I sure would love to touch a laryngoscope someday. <laughs> um, but it like it, innovation is absolutely something I want to do. Um, I think it's super cool. Um, it, um, it's a skill that I'm obviously doing it on mannequins is never it, even going to come close to live patients, but that's one of the skill, single skills that I'm most confident in. Um, so I like that's one that I really want to do. What's your number one? What's your, what's your I can't wait to do it in the back of a truck? Probably the same thing, <laughs> to be honest with you. Just because I feel like I think that it's really cool that we get to do it for one. And for two, other than I think doctors, we're the only ones that can, like other than being a doctor. So I, I think that that's really cool. And I think, I can't think of the word I want to use, but um, not humbling, but I just, I think it's cool that we... Obviously, we don't make money that the nurses and the doctors make and people were the redheaded stepchildren, but we can innovate, and I think that's a huge deal. It's extremely helpful when someone needs an airway, but I just think it's really cool that well, and I mean, we don't have to go to school and be doctors, but we get to do something like that, you know? And, and I mean, you don't get a better airway than an ET tube. It's the definitive airway. Right. And, and like, that is something, if we do that for our patient... That is something increasing their chance of survival. That's, it's not like a, that was great to get them here. Now I'm going to yank this out, chuck it to the side and do something else. Like that is, your airway is solved other than keeping your tube clear, et cetera. Right. So what skill are you least looking for? Or what skill makes you the most nervous? Like what are you hoping you don't get in your first week? I know. Well, actually, it's a really silly one to feel this way, but doing an I.O., I just, I've never done it. I'm sure once I have, I won't feel so weird about it, but it feels almost cruel to drill someone's bone. Like that, to me, it's, I remember the first time I ever saw it, I thought, oh my God, we can't be doing this right now. I was an EMT, but it makes me nervous just because I feel like it's cruel, but at the same time, they clearly really, really need what I'm about to give them through this I.O. At least I. O., you have a little gun and you don't have to do the, like, oh, I could not. twisty, turny, like, you know, pop it in there. Yeah. I mean, the gun's a lot easier. Um. So that actually makes me nervous for some reason, but. I don't want to start an IV in a neck vein. Yeah, I don't want to start an EJ. I'm so concerned that I will bleed that everywhere. Um, that's probably the single, yeah, that's, that's probably the single thing that I least want to do. Fair enough. Um, I think it would be cool to needle somebody, but I want to be super micromanaged until the first time if I got to do that, because that, that also be makes cool. me nervous. I think it'd be super cool, but I don't want to do it for the first time by myself. Yeah. Fair enough. Mom! <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind... I wouldn't mind uh, cracking somebody. I, I'd like to do it. I'd really like to have somebody more experienced with me, but I want it to be 
I don't want it to be one of those. Let me do it. I it. I don't want the preceptor to say. Uh, you you want a surgical trach or you want a quick trach? Honestly, either. Um, realistically, we're getting real medical for you non-medical people. <laughs> uh, I mean, realistically, it's gonna be a quick trach. Um, but that's probably that's one of those things that I want the preceptor to eagle eye on me. But sure. let, let me do it. Fair enough. Exciting stuff, right? Yeah. Um, Fears? What are we? You're both looking at each other, smiling. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about your question about the preceptor thing. I think that's a loaded question because if it were you sitting there not saying anything, looking at the tablet, it would depend on your face. Because if you're being <laughs> quiet and you have a face, I'd, I'll put, be I'd, like, put, I'd have my mask on. I'd be like, hmm, I'm not doing something right. <laughs> I'm oh, no. something. We both know your eyes speak more than the rest of your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, if you put the tablet down and you just looked at me, then I would know. Okay, you're not on the right path. <laughs> Gonna need you to do something else. Is it my well, I ask because I know, you know, I, I think that there are some people that really want like constantly want their preceptor to be engaged with them right like okay i think you ought to do this next and your next what's your next step and what's your next step and then there are people who are cool with like your preceptor just sitting there watching the whole thing and then there are other people that if you're sitting there like we talked about like scenarios and stuff you know like in training i have been a medic for i think it's 13 years now i don't know but I'm, I still, like, get choked up and freeze in a classroom scenario. I, I, like, I get tongue-tied. I can't get words to come out. And the words that come out are completely backwards and wrong. And, I like, that's how I got when I get to being precepted is I'm like, Bleh. but if I get my preceptor to turn around and not look at me, I'm fine. Still, still there, still in the back of the truck. Just don't look at me. Like, start doing paperwork on the tablet or something. And then I'm good. Like, I just need you not to... Like, I know you're supposed to pay attention to me, but don't. You know? See, I'd like my preceptor to be paying attention enough that I can... That I can bounce ideas off of them. Uh, I really like... Okay, so at uh, what point in your precepting does that need to stop, though? Well, uh, quite honestly... Because at some point, that's a, that, that, at some that, point, that feels loaded, but well, I, I mean, mean, no, because no, at I, some I point you're going to be the medic in the back no, by yourself, and, and you're right? absolutely right. Um, I mean, the whole goal is to get you to be a medic by yourself. Right. So that you don't, um, I mean, you don't want to be precepted forever. Unless somebody just likes making big precept I, money. I, I think early on, I would want it to be like a, uh, almost like a Socratic thing where like a. Hey, what do you think about this? Look at him with his big words. I was literally just thinking, what the heck, man? These big <laughs> words. Um, so I, I think early on I'd want it to be like a, if I ask, hey, what do you think about this? I want, I don't want the, I agree or I disagree, but like a, well, tell me why you think that. And then gradually kind of take that away. Um... But also, I enjoy uh, one of my old partners. Um, like, we bounce ideas off each other all the time. Not necessarily that that either one of us didn't know what we were doing, but just, I don't think it's ever, I don't think it's ever a bad idea to have another opinion. Just let me ask you this. If, when you are in those situations, or say you're say you're precepting a new EMT or you're the paramedic student being precepted how do you how do you deal with the patient if the patient's awake and alert and knows that you're asking me what I think you should do for them how do you how do you approach that with the patient for a shot at it? Um, I mean, in my experience, they just always explain to the patient, you know, 
this is so-and-so and they're a paramedic student. I'm just helping them, you know, walk through things or understand or whatever. And most people are cool with it unless, obviously, unfortunately, you get runs where people are not very nice. And sometimes you just have to sit back and just get to the hospital, yeah, just, and, you know. But I think for the most part, people understand. They're like, oh, yeah, everybody's mm-hmm. going to learn. And, of course, they want... If you have to pick them up, they want you to know what you're doing. You know, they're right. pretty understanding about it, honestly, unless it's just a bad day. But right, um, yeah, I mean, pretty much exactly the same answer out of me. Um, one of the first preceptors I ever had, he his his spiel kind of was, um, "This is such and such, their paramedic student." They've already gone through their training. They know what they're doing. We're just we're just helping them adapt it to the real world from the classroom. Um, and mo- like Taylor said, most people are cool with that. And it, you'll get some that aren't. And on those, not much you can do about it other than just yeah. preceptors taking that one. Right. I mean, I would um, like to think that I would be okay with a student... Because, you know, I do understand people have to learn. But I don't know. I mean, if they're coming at me with a needle and they look like they don't know what they're doing, I might I th- not I think be a so... lot of that depends on how you both come across. You know, are you a student that looks like you're scared of your own shadow? <laughs> are you a student who has a very, you know, professional demeanor and you're, you look confident enough at what you're doing to... Because, I mean, I get Like, we were... We were all students at some point, like, and yeah, like, you've got to learn. The only way to learn in medicine is to be there and doing it, so. I think the disgusting part doesn't bother people. I think it makes them uncomfortable when you're about to do something to them and they're like, uh, you know, like an IV or something. But I think just discussing what's going on with the patient, I don't think that that really bothers them. But, yeah. I do think it helps when you can tell them, like, hey, we're going to be talking about what's going on with you, you know, I try to always do that if I have um, a student with us is always, hey, you know, we're going to be talking for a minute about what's going on with you. If you have any questions about what you hear, just let us know. And, you know, most of the time that's good too because that opens the door for more conversation that I think the student can learn from. And I will say that's something that helped me solidify a lot of what I know is when you've got the the family member that's barely keeping it together and you tr- kind of explain to them, this is what we suspect. Um, obviously, I can't 100% say it's right or wrong, but this is what I suspect. This is why. This is how concerning it is. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, and it helped, that helped me kind of further wrap my head around it. Uh, another thing I've seen that I really liked was um, a preceptor who, after or on longer transports, after they got done talking with the patient and doing what they were going to do, is the preceptor would tell the patient, so what I'm about to say isn't what's going on with you. It's if things were different with you, I want to ask them what they would do. Um, and then it's kind of gives the student a chance to show off that book knowledge a little bit, um, which makes the patient more confident in them. Yeah. Makes the preceptor more confident in the student, hopefully, assuming they get it right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Right. Um, But just being honest with the patient. Yeah. So I want to, um, at least one more topic before we kind of start wrapping up. But um, so she and I were talking earlier about um, she was at clinical and one of the hospital staff said, um, oh, paramedics go to school for that. And fortunately, um, she was somewhere that the, I think you said it was a nurse practitioner. I believe so. Um, that the nurse practitioner and the, and the nurses that were there were like, uh, yeah, they, it's hard. It's really hard school, and they get to do a whole lot of things that, you know, we we don't do here, and it's tough. Like, their school is really, really tough. And I thought, wow, like, <laughs> that's amazing that somebody yeah. would, like, 
you know, defend. I didn't even really get to answer. They were like, oh, yeah, they, yeah. they go to school. It's hard. I mean, I think that's amazing that somebody would defend paramedic school like that because um, I've always felt like people didn't really get what paramedic school was. Like, everybody understands that med school is so hard and it's so long. And, you know, I get that, right? Because we all know that med school is a long process and that you right. do all these hours and all this time. And nursing school is normally like a four-year d- degree program, and mm-hmm. but like most nurses go through nursing school and never start an IV. So, and all things considered, I don't get me wrong. Paramedic school feels like a very long time. <laughs> it's not. It, ours is almost two years. I think it is, and it isn't though. Like. It isn't, I mean, it's not as long as nursing school. It's not as long as med school, right? But, I mean, if you're really hardcore hitting it, you could theoretically be somewhere every day. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, you could, in theory, be at work or at a clinical or ride time almost every day. Mm -hmm. And depending on your program... You know, and, like, where you, you go, like, I mean, yeah, that's a lot. Like, so, you know, I mean, yeah, I think it's relative, right? Like, maybe it's not eight years, but when you're taking all of it and condensing everything that we learn into such a short period of time, you know, when you think about it that way, it's like, oh. Well, and you're also expected to at least be able to manage pretty much anything you could possibly see. Right. <laughs> Learn how to manage any of that within 18 months. Like that By means, yourself. Yeah, so, by yourself. Right. Not with a team of doctors or experts. Like Right, like you're you not working to... in a hospital with a staff. So when you think about it, that's, <laughs> it's like no <laughs> time at all. Honestly, that's kind of one of my, one of the things that I really like about what we do is especially when you get like people who are truly good medics is you can ask them after the run hey what was what was up with that person and there's not not a ton of these because it's usually they're usually pretty good at figuring out what was up but every now and then you got something and it's Dude, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was wrong there. It, here's what was wrong. Or like these things were wrong. Right. And these are what I did about those. But as far as the actual underlying issue, dude, I... Right. But you learn to manage it. Like right. You just... It, you adapt and overcome. Right. And I, I think that, you know, one of the things that's so cool about what we do... And what makes me so excited to have people like you guys that are getting into it now is that we do, like, you know, yeah, we're not doctors and we haven't gone to school for that long. But what we do on a scene or in the back of a truck by ourselves or fortunately with a partner and most of the time if it's bad, we've got some fire guys to help. Um, But we're doing all of that and it's us. And we don't have lab values to work with. And we don't have diagnostic tests. We don't have x-rays. We don't have any of the things that let us see any of the things that, you know, are how they figure out what's going on. And yet we're expected to manage life-threatening emergencies and take care of these people. Or pharmacy and respiratory and... (laughs) Yeah. Or all yeah. the other specialty people. Like, yeah. You're it. You are the pharmacist. Just to innovate some of the other day, we had a doctor, two doctors, like five nurses, two techs, respiratory, uh, pharmacy, and mm-hmm. hey, pharmacy, what's the dosage on this? And what's this? And it's like, what? I looked at the other paramedic student, and he was like, and we do all of this in the back of a moving vehicle with like four people and one med, like one medic. and Yeah. And... And the thing to remember that I don't, I really don't know how many of the hospital staff truly realize most of the time is that, you know, like if we're going to innovate somebody and we're going to do that with medication, we get to, we're 
probably the only one on scene that can start the IV. We're the only one that can pull the drugs up, push the drugs, do the intubation. I mean, like, you're it. There is no respiratory guy to set the vent up. That's you, if you have a vent. There's no doc to do the intubating. That's you. There's yeah. no nurse to push the med while you get ready to intubate. Like, still you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so you're watching them in room nine. You're like, oh, this would go so much better if I had, like, six of me on a scene. <laughs> yeah, right? There's six people who can do the skills I can do and 20 people standing around. Yeah. Like, 20 people who are at least mostly capable. Like, Yeah. 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 You go through ACLS class and they teach you ACLS based on there being six ACLS providers on a team. You're like, wait, no, it's it's just me. Yeah. It's just me. And if you're fortunate enough, your your partner has at least gone through an ACLS class and knows like what's next. Yeah, they can't technically do it, but they at least know how to help. Yeah. Hey, but the ambulance drivers are here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well this has been really good um, I know, excited for you guys to yeah, as I say I think we could talk for hours and hours and hours I know I, but this has been really good and I think it'll be really exciting the next couple months for oh, you God. all we're gonna like re- listen to this when we're done and be like wow you might <laughs> not only that but I know I, I know what we talked about I don't need to hear myself. You guys are going to get to come back, and we're going to have a follow-up episode after ride time, and we're going to... I'm still in a state of perpetual exhaustion. (laughs) Um, I'll go ahead and tell you now. Yeah. Okay, so we'll let you get done with ride time, test out, and then we'll let you take a nap. And then we'll invite you back. Can I let me hibernate? Sure. I feel like I'll... I mean, for as long as adults are ever allowed to hibernate. Um, yeah, fair enough. I mean, you're an adult now. You don't really get to hibernate, so. Right. You can take, Um, like, a safety nap. But also, I got excited because the station I'm at has a handful of open beds, and I got to lay down for 15 minutes the other day. That's exciting. And that was, like, I never thought I would get to the point where that was genuinely exciting. Oh, yeah. But I'm there. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The life of a paramedic student. Should I tell ride time? Yeah, You'll there, sleep your curled title. up in the back of an ambulance, and it'll be the best sleep you've had in a week. You'll wake up on a run and go, how'd we get here? And you, See when you realize that you didn't even hear the sirens on the way there, then it will dawn on you you should take a day off. See, that bothers me. I can't. <laughs> I, the, the concept of that bothers me. I'm talking sleeping sitting up in the captain's seat. Yeah. In a seatbelt. Yeah, the, the, my I, the idea and I used to fight over who got to be in the passenger and who got to be driver because we were going to try to sleep all the way until we made it on scene. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Long hours. Long hours and lots of fun. Best job in the world. That's right. Wouldn't trade it any day of my life. All right, we're going to wrap up. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having we'll us. Be... Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, we will catch you on the next one. You've been listening to Shifting Our Stories. Follow us on social media, on Facebook at Shifting Our Stories, on Twitter at SOS Podcast, or send us an email at ShiftingOurStories at Yahoo.com.